0: Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Roland. Titans fans, it is a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast and it is presented by the Locked on NFL Sunday show. Are you tired of NFL Sunday pregame shows? that are nothing but nonsense. Celebrity cameos, different comedy sketches, pretty much anything but football. If you're like me, I want a Sunday pregame show that actually talks about the game. Make sure that you guys check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show hosted by Ross Jackson and Cody Rourke. It goes on every single Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So make sure that you follow the Locked On NFL podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Twitch, and on YouTube so that you never miss an episode. And as a little bit of a double bonus for you guys, I am the host of the Locked On NFL podcast on Thursdays. And if you're enjoying the Locked On Titans content, you'll probably enjoy me hosting the national show on Thursdays. So make sure you check out The Locked On NFL YouTube channel and all the other platforms you can find it on for all of the latest content, including that Sunday morning pregame show. But as for this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Titans podcast, it is a rewatch Wednesday. And one of the big things I focus on here at the Locked On Titans podcast is the X's and O's. We can talk all day about the hot topics but I want to drill in and actually talk about what's going on on the field. And that's exactly what we are going to do today. I've had ample time to rewatch the Titans game. I've looked at the TV copy, I've watched the coaches tape, and I am ready to unload my notebook for you guys. So we're going to dive into all of my rewatch notes on offense, all of my rewatch notes on defense, and I got to tell you after rewatching the game from the coach's angle, I feel a lot more optimistic about what the Titans are going to be able to do to rebound from the embarrassing loss. Now, before we get into my film notes, I do have to tell you about some unfortunate roster news that the Titans got on Tuesday, one of the Titans' starters on defense was placed on IR, and the Titans have decided who is going to be kicking for the Titans this weekend. So, we're going to go over all the roster news and then dive into my notes on a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans. Your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, we have a lot to talk about roster news and my rewatch Wednesday notes. But before we get into that, Do got to remind you guys, I'm going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content here on the Locked On Titans podcast all year long. So make sure that you never miss an episode of the number one Tennessee Titans podcast in the universe by subscribing on whatever platform you stream podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel as well. Smash that notification bell so you know when my new episodes go live also. You have to follow me on social media, on Twitter, at Tic Titans. I've been putting up a ton of different film clips, pointing out great plays made by certain guys, pointing out the mistakes that were made as well, not just with the players, but with the coaching. So make sure that you don't miss any of the actual film content that I put up that goes along with our rewatch notes here on a rewatch Wednesday. Follow the show. On Facebook at locked on Titans pod as well. But with all the housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into these roster moves. And the biggest news of the day is Titans starting safety, Amani Hooker, being placed on IR with a foot injury. So, what does that mean? It means that Amani Hooker will be out at minimum three weeks. And the way that the process will go, he'll be out three weeks. The Titans will have 21 days to activate him to the active roster. And if they don't, Amani Hooker will be lost for the season. Hopefully, it's not that serious. It doesn't sound like the Titans expect him to be out for the rest of the year, but certainly something that we will have to monitor. And it's definitely a setback for the Titans, who have a young secondary already, a struggling secondary for a year and a week now. And they really can't afford to lose a playmaker and a young guy with good athleticism that allows him to be helpful not only at the back end of the defense and zone, but also playing man coverage. So a big loss for the Titans in Imani Hooker. He will be replaced by Bradley McDougal. Now this is kind of interesting. We might have a Bradley McDougal revenge game on our hands. McDougal did play three seasons for the Seattle Seahawks. He played in 47 games, 39 of those he started. So McDougal definitely has a lot of experience playing in the environment up in Seattle. He may even have some insight on what they like to do. Will that help the Titans? That remains to be seen. But that wasn't the only roster move to talk about from Tuesday. The Titans also were able to sign back tight end Tommy Hudson, who started the year on the active roster on the 53. But we talked a lot. A lot on this show about the fact that Michael Pruitt looked like he was going to be moved up from the practice squad once his salary didn't have to be guaranteed because he's a vested veteran, and that's exactly what took place. But all along, I always wanted Tommy Hudson to come back to the practice squad. He's still someone who's been with the organization for a number of years now, and they've developed. And if he does develop into a quality NFL player, I would like the Titans to reap the benefits of that. So Tommy Hudson back to the practice squad after seeing Michael Pruitt signed to the active roster. And a guy who was signed to the practice squad over the weekend to deal with the injury to Sam Thicken, we see Randy Bullock pulled up from the practice squad and placed on the Titans active roster. And I'm going to get real intellectual with you and real schematic when discussing Randy Bullock. He's terrible. There you go. That's the analysis. Uh, He's 31 years old. He's played in the league for nine years, played 12 games in Cincinnati last year. He was 21 of 26 on field goals, 24 of 25 on extra points. He's an 83.2 career accuracy kicker. Uh, He's just not very good. And if I were the Tennessee Titans, I would consider trying to avoid kicking as much as humanly possible until they're able to get Sam Thicken back from IR, which at minimum, would come in week 4. So, those are the roster moves that you need to know. Amani Hooker to IR, Tommy Hudson to practice squad, and then Randy Bullock the kicker to the active roster. Now, we are going to step into the film room and take a look at my film notes in this week's rewatch Wednesday. Very excited to do that. But before we get into that, I do got to remind you guys about our friends over at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, and it is the number one spot to bet on pro and college football this fall. They have a ton of different contests. They give you updated odds, updated props, Anything you need to have as best of a time as possible while you watch football this season, you can find at betonline.ag. And best of all, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word, LOCKEDON, when you sign up at betonline.ag, and you will get a 100% welcome bonus, literally giving you free money at betonline.ag when you use that promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. fans, let's dive right back in to a re-watch Wednesday, our 1st rewatch Wednesday of the year. And for people who have been listening to the show since I took over a few seasons ago, they know just how hard I nerd out for the film for the schematics, for the X's and O's, and I'm so excited to pass all of that knowledge off to you guys today. So we are going to start with the offensive side of the ball, step into the film room. That's why the Twitter account is named Tic Tac Titans. I know it's a little tacky, but... I want to focus on the X's and O's, and that's what we're going to do on offense. So first things first, here's what I want to say. I know a lot of people were frustrated with the performance of offensive coordinator Todd Downing, and there were reasons to be frustrated, but I am here to tell you it wasn't all bad. But in fairness, to appease the angry mob, we will start with the bad. And the bad were the first down play calls In the first half. So the Titans really struggled on first down. And when you have those kind of struggles, it's going to make it near impossible to have the offensive efficiency that we're used to seeing the Titans have. So the Titans ran 13 first down plays in the first half. They gained 54 yards total on those 13 plays, and 39 of those yards came on one play the flea flicker, to Chester Rogers. So if you take out the explosive play that came on a trick play and you look at the other plays that the Titans had, that leaves 12 plays where the Titans gained a total of 15 yards. That's 1.25 yards per play. Ladies and gentlemen, if you start out basically every three-play sequence with a second and nine, it's going to be pretty difficult to get anything going, especially against the front of the Arizona Cardinals, and it's not just that. And a lot of people were complaining, oh, we can't just run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Well, I'm also here to tell you that's not actually the case. Out of those 13 first-down plays the Titans had in the first half, seven of them were passes. So they passed more on first down in the first half than they ran the ball. I know that's not going to satisfy everybody, but that's just the truth of the matter. Now, the big problem here comes seven of those 13 first-down plays resulted in either negative yards or zero yards. So going back to the 1.25 yards per play outside of the Chester Rogers throw. I mean, the Titans were just god-awful on first down, and it pretty much all had to do with the offensive line. Major mistakes out of Taylor Lewan. Major mistakes out of Jeff Swaim, who may be a tight end, but he's an extension of the offensive line in the Titans' offense. So some major mistakes by Nate Davis. As well, really struggled after having high hopes coming into the season. Now, with Taylor Lewan, he's coming back off an ACL tear in the middle of the season. I'm going to give him a a little bit of time to get things together, but it it was pretty rough. And when you just struggle like that on first down, it's going to be hard to come back from that and have any success. Mike Vrabel said it himself in his press conference. It's hard to run play action when it's second and 12. And I agree with him. It is. But it's not hard to run play action on first and 10. And that's really where I have an issue with Todd Downing's play calling. So out of those 13 first half, first down plays, that's a tongue twister. I hope you guys are following along. Out of those plays, the Titans only ran play action on two of them. On two. One of them was a a six-yard loss on a sack. But the other one was a a quick play-action fake and then an attempt to do a wide receiver screen to A.J. Brown. The Titans are just god-awful at screens. Quite frankly, the only other screen they threw in the first half almost resulted in a pick-six. So, I don't know why the Titans continue to just be awful at the screen game, but they are. So, those are things... That's the number one thing that popped out to me after watching the offense is you just cannot struggle like that on first down. And Todd Downey cannot be scared to go to the play action fake on first down. And I know some of you are going to be looking at your screen right now. You're going to be listening to the pod and you're going to say, but Tyler, you got to establish the run for the play action to work. Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you a lot of things today, folks, but I am here to tell you that is not the truth. There are numerous studies and, and numerous data collections that show that play action success and efficiency is not directly tied to success in the run game and efficiency in the run game. The threat of Derrick Henry enough in the backfield would give you the opportunity to play action on first down. And the Titans only did that twice. And quite frankly, one of them wasn't your typical Titans play-action play. It was the play-action fake to a wide receiver screen, which failed miserably. So if I have any complaint about Todd Downing's play calling, you just throw out the second half, guys. The game was out out of hand, essentially within five minutes of the second half. Nine minutes left. The game was over, okay? So I'm not going to pay major attention to the schematics of the second half when the Titans are trailing by 20. The defense is not playing normal. But in that first half, that is my big primary complaint with Todd Downing's play calling is the lack of play action pass on first down. Now, my other complaint is I talked all, all season about how the Titans have transferred talent from the tight end position to the wide receiver position and having all of the big physical wide receivers will allow them to show multi-tight end formations but using multiple wide receiver personnel groups. And what that has the ability to do is when you have big physical wide receivers like A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Josh Reynolds, Nick Westbrook, Akina, when you have guys like that who can almost function as a tight end, especially against nickel defenses with multiple defensive backs, that basically gives the Titans a cheat code where they have multi-tight end sets but in three wide receiver personnel. And that can affect the numbers on defense. You can get smaller defensive personnel packages which will allow you to establish the run and run the ball even better. The Titans didn't do that at all at the beginning of the game. They came out in multi-tight end formations. We worried about losing Jonu and the Titans using three tight end. Well, what they did was they used Kari Blossom game as a third tight end. And a lot of times they'd have Pruitt, Swaim, and Kari out there. And the Cardinals' best asset on defense is our front seven. So what you're doing is you're inviting the Cardinals to use their most advantageous advantageous personnel packages. It doesn't make any sense. The Titans should have gone with three wide receiver looks, even if with Nick Westbrook-Akina instead of Chester Rogers, go with those three wide receiver looks, do condensed formations where the formations are all close together, and then you give yourself those multi-tight end looks, but you keep the defense from being in their best personnel packages, which is base defense. Get them in nickel. Get them in dime. And then run the ball down their throat. So... The formation selection from Todd Downing and the first down lack of play action. I mean, the Titans only did play action, I believe, seven times the whole game. And I know it's tough to get to the play action and everything late in the game, but still, like I said earlier, play action success and efficiency is not inherently tied to success in the run game. And down and distance, the play action fake, especially with Derrick Henry in the backfield, is going to be effective even if the Titans aren't running the ball. And that's just the facts. So... That's the disappointment there. Now, what I do want to say is, I got to keep it honest with you guys. When it comes to the passing game, Todd Downing did call some really good route combinations. So when you have cover three and you have three people on the top of the field, you want to run seam routes. Imagine all goes, all four wide receivers running straight down the field. And what's going to happen is they're going to get past the first level of zone defenders and there's going to be three le- three defenders in the back and four Titans streaking towards them. Well, the Titans are great at hitting those seam throws. That's something Ryan Tannehill can really rip in there with his arm strength. Well, Todd Downing called some really good seam throws and seam routes against cover three. That's the perfect play call for the coverage. But Tannehill didn't have time to make the throw. I'm going to post clips on my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans, all day Wednesday for the offense. I did the defense all day Tuesday. I'm going to do clips all day Wednesday and show you guys this. Todd Downing called good plays, but Tannehill had no time. And at the end of the first half, Tannehill started getting skittish, too. He didn't want to make more turnovers. And he had some opportunities maybe step up, take some hits, and make some throws. But I don't blame him for what the offensive line did to him during the game. I simply can't blame him. Tannehill did his best, and he took a beating. Now, I also want to say that uh, a bench route, which is basically where you have two wide receivers on either side, the most outside wide receiver will run a five yard out. The inside wide receiver will run a corner route where they go up about 10 yards and then slant to the sidelines. Todd Downing called a couple of those on cover two. And when you have cover two and you just have two safeties deep and a front row of defenders, that's the perfect call for that coverage as well. So Todd Downing made some really good calls in the passing game that couldn't be executed because of the offensive line. I also, as you guys probably noticed as well, the Titans were much better when they were able to spread out the formation, run up tempo. They had success with Derrick Henry on shotgun runs. And I think those are things that the Titans are going to have to go to a little bit more often in future games to keep teams off balance. And when the Titans went into shotgun, they basically had Jeremy McNichols the whole time. You can't just not use Derrick Henry like that. They have to find a way to run the ball with Derrick Henry out of shotgun to keep teams on their toes. But that is going to wrap up my rewatch Wednesday notes for the offensive side of the ball. We're going to go over to the defensive side of the ball. Before we get into that, do got to tell you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving online customers for over 20 years. They have the best selection of parts that you're going to find anywhere. Their online catalog is remarkably easy to use. It's easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the different brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. One thing I didn't know before partnering with rockauto.com is chain auto parts stores actually have different price tiers, whether you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. So you could go into a store. They don't even have the part that you need in stock and when they order it for you from their warehouse, you're going to wait for it and pay twice as much as the mechanic standing next to you buying the same thing. Never again cut out the middleman. Go to rockauto.com today, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you make your purchase, make sure that you write locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box right underneath where you put your shipping information. That's promo code locked on at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And while we're talking about cutting out the middleman, you can essentially do that with your television. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another device that lets you watch your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your uh, neighbor's best friend's password for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you that there is a simpler way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle It's a great way to finally get your TV together and it's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites. It puts them together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, never need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Packages may vary with content. We are going to cap off this rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, diving into my defensive notes for this rewatch Wednesday. Gonna step into the film room one more time and empty out my notebook for you guys for the defense. And there was a lot of optimism there, but also we saw a lot of familiar mistakes as well. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys Betting on the Titans doesn't have to be a guessing game when you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You get daily picks, blowout specials, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. But going over my defensive notes, the big thing I noticed is the same thing that plagued the Titans last year, alignment issues. If the defense isn't even lined up in the right spot to stop what the offense is going to do, then how can the players make plays? It doesn't line up. It's not going to happen. Everyone complained last year, the Titans would bring an all-out blitz and they'd play off-man coverage 10 yards off and the quarterback would just go, okay, boom, right there to a receiver and then it's a yards after the catch situation where the Titans are relying on tackling out of their defensive backs. Well, we didn't get all of that. It was much improved. But there was still some of it. And I remember on a specific play, I posted this uh this clip on my Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans on Tuesday. But a specific play, Kyler Murray called a read option. And that's where he can hand it to the running back or he can keep it himself. A lot of you guys are aware of that. It's in the college game. It's in the pro game. And it's it's in the high school game. I mean, it's everywhere now. It's part of football. Read option. But, The play got called back because of holding. It was a great job uh, to get the holding call, basically. But I don't understand what the Titans were doing. There was trips to the left side, and Kyler Murray was able to keep it and run to the right side. Well, instead of having Harold Landry on the edge, on the right side where Kyler Murray ends up running, they have him up as like an inside linebacker where Jayon or Rashawn would normally be. And that's confusing for a couple of different reasons. Because you know that the Cardinals are going to run read option, and you know that Kyler Murray is one of the top two best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. So you're leaving yourself entirely susceptible to that play. And here's how read option works in college, in the pros, in high school. What teams have done, because it's easy for a defender to get confused. Did he give it to the running back? Did he keep it? Who do I go after? You eliminate that confusion as a coach by designating assignments. So you say, okay, Larell Murchison, you're playing defensive end. Harold Landry, you're on the outside of him playing linebacker. Lorel, you take the running back every time, no matter what. I don't care who gets the ball, you go to the running back. Landry, I don't care what happens every time you hit the quarterback. Every single time, I don't care what happens. And then you eliminate the decision the defense has to make that gives the offense the advantage. Well, if all you have is a defensive end who's supposed to take the running back And you don't have anybody outside of him to take the quarterback. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to have Kyler Murray gaining 17 yards on a run in the low red zone or in the high red zone. That's what you're going to have. Terrible. Just terrible alignment. I can't blame the players for that. Also, uh, the touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, his second touchdown, that was an all-out blitz in the red zone where every defensive back was playing about 8 to 10 yards off. Well, no wonder it was such an easy touchdown. You only have about 15 yards left before the end zone. So if you're 12 yards back and it's an all-out blitz and he gets rid of the ball quickly, how in the world is Kevin Byard supposed to make a stop there before the end zone? How is anybody? That's some of the stuff that plagued the Titans last year and it showed up a little bit again. Not nearly as much. One of the other big issues I wrote down in my notes, discipline. So alignment was a big issue, but discipline. I saw on, do you guys remember, A.J. Green catches a pass for a first down right on the sideline. We saw Christian Kirk do the same thing later in the game. We saw Rondell Moore on that crazy scramble third down where Kyler Murray was running all over the place and then tossed off his back foot to Rondell Moore who caught it right by the sideline in a back-breaking third down in the first half. On every single one of those plays, Poor zone discipline, poor zone integrity from the Titans defense. So, on the AJ Green one on the sideline, the Titans are playing cover two. So, they have two safeties covering either half of the field deep. Everybody underneath, which is going to be three cornerbacks and two linebackers, has like one fifth across the middle from one to 15 yards. Well, Christian Fulton would have been able to drop back and hit that pass from AJ Green, but he bit up on the underneath player that wasn't even in his zone yet. I showed this clip on Twitter as well, at Tic Tac Titans. It's second and long. Prevent the deeper pass. Let Kyler Murray complete the pass to the receiver who's five yards past the line of scrimmage, and then wrap up and tackle with Jayon Brown, who's right next to you in the zone next door. Don't bite up on the player underneath and then give up the first down pass 17 yards downfield. Christian, why? On a different play, Jayon Brown is playing the middle of the field zone, right in the middle, and he bites up towards a guy on a shallow cross about two or three yards from the line of scrimmage, and it leaves a tight end wide open over the middle for 12 yards. Luckily, Kyler Murray went to another receiver, but, I mean, if he took one half beat and turned his head, the Titans are gashed for a big game. When it's third and long, second and long, why are we biting up on the short routes When all you got to do is let them complete that short pass and then rally and tackle and live to see another play. Instead, you give up a big first down, chunk completions, 10, 12, 15, 17 yards, and it's just discipline. Stay in your zone. Don't bite up. And on the big scramble play by uh, Kyler Murray that I mentioned to Rondale Moore on the third down, it was backbreaking. Elijah Molden is plastered to the man that caught the ball and he stays with him across the field And then all of a sudden, Kyler Murray doesn't even act like he's going to run. And if he does try to run, like, actually scramble forward to gain yards, there are four Tennessee Titans in front of him. So Elijah Molden, you're 12 yards deep following a guy in plaster coverage on a scramble. Why are you leaving that man to come up and act like you're going to tackle Kyler Murray? And then, of course, it leaves the guy wide open on the sideline. Kyler Murray off the back foot, easy completion. Rondell Moore back-breaking third down on third and ten. Just discipline. So the alignment is on the coaches. But some things are just simply on the player. I remember Rashawn Evans on a swing pass out to Chase Edmond. Rashawn Evans is responsible for Chase Edmond, And he completely bites on the run fake going the opposite way. Takes three steps the wrong way. And then is totally late to get out to the swing pass. Luckily one of the Titans defensive backs were able to slow down Chase Edmonds after a gain of about 12. But Rashawn just consistently over and over over-pursues, over-aggressive, taking false steps the wrong direction. His instincts are just lacking very much. And at the linebacker position, with all the speed and misdirection in the game right now, it's why Rashawn Evans is not going to be back with the Titans, why they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So, mental mistakes, alignment issues, discipline issues. But I say all that to say, overall, the Titans' defense played pretty well. You look at their first... Four possessions, they did a pretty good job. They played a lot of man coverage with a robber in the middle, which is just a zone defender in the middle helping out all the man. Uh, they played a lot more cover three than they played cover two. When they played cover two, Kyler Murray was just finding those holes between the safety and the hook defenders like we talked about with Christian Fulton biting up. So they went away from cover two. They went to cover three, uh, played a little bit of everything. There were penalties. Jackrabbit Jenkins got a few pass interferences, so... Alignment issues, discipline issues, mental mistakes, and the Titans are just going to have to clean all of that up. But overall, it wasn't terrible until the game got out of hand. So uh, I'm a little more optimistic about what's possible here based on what I saw on tape. Remember to check out all the clips that I'm putting up to, to give you the visuals of what I'm talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Titans. I know I'm beating you over the head with that, but I don't see how you could listen to this podcast and not try to check out the actual film work that I do throughout the week. But that's going to wrap up the notebook. That is our first rewatch Wednesday of the season. Very excited to keep doing these and having these schematically driven conversations. We are going to start preparing for the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow. It will be crossover Thursday. We will have Corbin on from the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Very excited for those conversations. The Seahawks on a team. The Titans get to play a lot, so this will be fun. I will be back with you guys tomorrow. Very excited for the week ahead. Friday's a game preview. I'll have some Friday night special for you guys. Maybe some Saturday night, depending on the schedule. But either way, very excited for the second game of the season. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.